Newsweek presents The Debate with Andrew Tolman. Everything 100% of the time, 24 hours a day is a negotiation. Rakeem Brooks. This is a common good that we are talking about. Amani wells on Yoha. I'm completely fed up with whether it's politicized or not. And Jeff Charles. That distracts us from actually rolling up our sleeves. The Debate starts now. All right, y'all. So last week was a very big week in politics. We had the the dreaded debt ceiling debacle fiasco that we do every single year. And we act like it's such a big deal every single time. And then it ends up just being a big old giant negotiation tool. In this negotiation, the Democrats walked away with nothing, absolutely nothing. And they (laughs) gave the Republicans every single thing that they wanted, just the whole kit and caboodle, the whole pie, the whole cake, just just the whole thing. As we're entering the 2024 election, we see the Republicans are having their primaries. They're going crazy. And on the Democratic side, it's crickets. What do you think the Democrats are going to run on, especially coming off of this debt ceiling negotiation where they did not get a victory that they can utilize, in my opinion? What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, you know, that's a very good question. Um, And usually when I hear Democrats saying, oh, we didn't get anything out of the deal, I'm like, yeah, come on. But on this case, I'm kind of inclined to agree. (laughs) I mean, I'm a little surprised at Republicans for getting as much as they would have wanted here. Um, And the fact that Representative Thomas Massey actually voted for this bill when when he has voted no pretty much every time in the past says something. I mean, I mean, it says that it's going to cut, I I believe, one point five trillion from our deficit, which I don't believe. I mean, maybe the bill says that, but that ain't going to happen. They'll figure out another way to spend all that money because nobody cares about the debt or the debt ceiling. anymore. Like You said we we do this. Over 10 years, by the way, right? Over 10 years. Over 10 years, yes. I mean, we have this conversation every single time, and then we forget about it because we're not in the 80s and 90s anymore, so they they don't really even pretend to care about our national debt anymore. As for what Democrats are going to run on, I mean, I think they're just going to be in a position, again, where they have to say, we're not MAGA Republicans, because there's not a whole lot they can run on. There's some accomplishments that they have had, but I don't think anything major that's really going to make a voter want to pull the lever for them. Yes. And that's can, I, the part can I say, can I ask a question about this debt ceiling thing before we strain to all of the things about the running for the Democrats? Why do we have a debt ceiling? It's not real, Andrew. It's, it's, it's okay. not. It doesn't ever do anything. And all we do is either raise it or pretend that it's not there for a year and a half. What function does it actually serve? Like the world we live in and the world in which there is no debt ceiling. Is there actually any difference between these two worlds? I think it's the closest the federal government has to a balanced budget amendment. That's basically as far as they could get, right? Which is like, let's just acknowledge that we're swimming as you get, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. But I think that's got to be part of the origin, right? The persistence around it. If Republicans had their way, there would be a balanced budget amendment. And as a consequence, we would very rarely approach the debt ceiling, but they need the debt ceiling to continuously remind their base that we're spending more money. But it's so much money that it's incomprehensible, right? No one can actually make sense of what the debt ceiling means from year to year. So I'm I'm sort of with you all that it's a pointless exercise that we engage in that apparently uh, only costs people food stamps, the people who receive food stamps. Well, let's talk about that, because as a and I'm y'all are going to be sick of me, not y'all, but the Democrats are going to hate me over the next year because I am so mad at them. I don't know what to do with myself. And I'm to the point where whatever happens, happens is what you deserve, because how as a Democrat, as a Democratic administration, do you let anything happen to food stamps in a negative way? When your whole thing is the working class fighting for the working class, giving more benefits and opportunities to the working class, how in the world do you just 
make it so, I mean, reading some of the stuff, they're saying that in order for households with children to get food stamps, the kids need to be actively applying for jobs. That's ridiculous. So I'm really questioning things because just like you said, their whole thing is we are not the Republicans. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know how in this group. It kind of lends credibility to the uniparty idea, doesn't it? Yeah, but I said <laughs> the two parties aren't different enough. The administration's defender, and I never understand how that happens. I don't know what you're defending yeah. anymore. But, but okay, wait, 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 wait. So record low unemployment, that's something to run on? <laughs> you say that, but have you been unemployed? I mean, that that stuff I is worse. So, yeah, but, but everybody yes. knows that those were jobs that were that were lost under COVID that are being Thank recovered you. now. So he I don't think that's going to cool Oh, sure, it's sure, sure. Point, but, but, job, but job participation is slowly increasing. What does we that mean? The, mar- the market has largely remained stable. I mean, normally, if you're a Democratic president going into a reelect and the economy is decent to good, you're going to be reelected. So I expect Joe, middle class Joe to harp on basically that the economy has not collapsed after That's a major not- pandemic. That's not real. That's not a valid point. People are struggling. Inflation is high. The cost of living is high as I can't say that word. It's high as a kite, people. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that was a point I was going to make. I mean, that talking point will only work if people aren't paying exorbitant prices at the grocery store. If they're still paying more money than they were in, under they the are. previous administration, you can tell them all the all, all you want about Thank gradual you. job participation. They're not going to care. Why am I paying? Yeah, what, but so most of the but most of the gains in the economy in terms of wage increases have gone to the lower half to accommodate those inflate. I mean, again, that's the data. So that's why I'm sort of shocked. I'm like, there's plenty of good data for the president and the administration. Look at, look it's at not the most no good data ever. It's not as though, but the price of gas has gotten used uh, to the rising the inflation. The grocery store and like housing. I mean, I don't Thank know what y'all live, but nobody can find housing. And if they can find it, they can't afford it. Um, yes. That's a massive problem, at least here. And I think in most places around the country. So you have these like key daily frustration points yes. for average people that are going to they're driving them crazy. And I don't know. I don't know how the Biden administration. I mean, they keep trying to sell themselves around those problems, but I'm kind of with Amani. I it only resonates or with Jeff, it only resonates if it fits your daily circumstances and it doesn't fit most people's daily circumstances. Yeah. This is my unpopular, crazy opinion that I may, again, as somebody who votes Democrat, as somebody who only wants to vote for Democrats, as somebody who wishes that the party had better infrastructure and was better, they simply are not. They simply are not. And it's time for us to start being real about that. And I want the Democrats to want more for themselves. I would like to see a fight in them. I would like to see them do something, speak even with conviction about these issues. They just don't talk about nothing. Instead of talking about the issues, speaking on it, proposing something, even attempting to use his executive power in any type of way, he just said, well, go G shucks. All that <laughs> All stuff right. is happening uh, around me and fiddly diddly sticks. I just I can't do a thing about it. Darn. You know, you know, you know who you sound like? You know who you, you sound like Republicans, honestly. Saying that I would just, again, I, I mean, would just push back both a little bit. The same thing. I run a business. I run a business. I employ 45 people. I have to tell you that they're doing pretty well. Oh, at what? 
No, I'm just saying that, that I bet if you talk to a bunch of small business owners and you ask them, like, has the administration done what many Democratic administrations do and overburden them with regulation? The answer is probably no. Has the bipartisan infrastructure bill injected money into the economy after the COVID stimulus that kept small businesses alive? The answer to that is yes. And so by measures that I think may not seem conventional, people feel decent about where things are. They didn't a year ago. And that's the point I'm no, making. Right. I, Inflation I, has it, come it, down. But I, I mean, I can just talk to, normally don't. if you talk to small business owners and they're upset, the party in power loses, loses. And hey, I don't hear a whole lot. I mean, normally the Chamber of Commerce is losing its mind. It's running all sorts of ads like that's not my world. So, Andrew, you know, Jeff, correct me. But I'm not seeing the normal ads that you get from Republicans that suggest that the economy is failing. And let me tell you why, because they do not see him as a threat. They they know they're going to win. <laughs> They know they're going to win. I know they're going to win. Donald Trump. If he doesn't go to jail, he's going to win. I'm telling you. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, now, if I were Biden, I would be praying that Trump gets the nomination. Um, But I'm not so sure. That's their only thing. You're right. You're right. I mean, because Donald Trump will energize Democratic right. voters to come out and vote against him. That That's why Biden should hope that. But I, I don't think this is a foregone conclusion at all. I mean, Trump has has plenty of opportunity to continue shooting himself in the foot so many times that he, he doesn't have a foot anymore. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't count either of them out at, at this point. This is really this is my thing. Yeah, the the, the, be, the best thing for Biden is to have an easy enemy to paint. Right. I mean, that will do him the best if he's going to have even a chance of winning this presidential reelection. He's got to have a convenient target. And obviously, you know, Trump provides him that target. Other people, DeSantis might provide him that target. Uh, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley do not give him that target. And so, you know, that that malaise of enthusiasm around Biden and the accomplishments or not in the economy uh, they need an enemy because they don't have their own. I, I my view as a Republican That's is I'm totally with that. Have that, that side I think there is total malaise that I believe it's not that the president doesn't have anything to run on. He's got an agenda, but it's just that people are tired of an 80 year old running the country who every That's time right. he slips, you worry whether or not there's going to be a change of power. Like that's totally true. Right. But it's not that his record is particularly poor. They're going to run on their record and they're going to say we've achieved things in the last four years that most president, most Democratic presidents would kill for. And just, that's a reason to reelect them. But it's not going to inspire passion. Like, like Biden correct. was never the passion candidate, though. Right. Like in 2020, the only reason Joe Biden was the nominee is because Jim Clyburn was like, we can't go with Amy Klobuchar or Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> like that seems like a failing strategy to me. Let's go with the former vice president. And he was right. So there, yeah. So there he is. But then, you know, middle class Joe sort of like does his thing and understands the Senate and strikes his strikes his deals. And it's kind of boring. I mean, he's like the bond salesman, right? Like everybody wants stocks. He's like, no, no, no. Slow and steady. I get you 3%. I know it's inflation. So 3% is nothing, but you get my point, right? <laughs> that, that's where we are. But I think that was excitement. an comment. He gets you 3% and a 7% inflation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you want excitement. Like, tell me, tell me who's exciting. Okay. So Joe Biden tomorrow is like, I'm laying down my arms. I've done all I can for the country. Right. And we're going to have somebody else who's going to run against whoever, you know, whatever viper they nominate. And you're like, all right, who who is it? You're right about that. There is nobody. And that's that's the party's bad. That's their bad. They have not spent the time investing in leadership and power and infrastructure within their own party. If they have nobody left, 
tough titties. Whose fault is that? <laughs> Whose fault is that? I'm tired because I hear what you're saying, Andrew. Yes, they need an enemy. I'm tired of that being the only reason Democrats have to vote. Why do I have to vote just so the other guy don't win? That's annoying. That's annoying for everybody involved. It makes us feel used. OK, he say he love all these communities. They show love to all these communities around election time. But when we are being attacked all across the country, these bills are being passed in all of these different states attacking the very community that supports you. What are you doing on the federal level to protect these people? Nothing, nothing. It's crickets, crickets, crickets. But then, Joe Biden, if I'm if I don't vote for you and I'm black, I'm a I'm a coon. Like, don't do that when you don't do anything for black people, when you're not doing anything for the gay community, the trans community is under attack. There's bills being passed in many red states. Get on your podium, write an executive order, protect these people, codify something into law, even if it's temporary, just to show that you care. He can't do that. And that y'all hear me. It frustrates me so bad because they want to tell you, well, look at our numbers. Our numbers are good. OK, but people don't. How, how, how much does I'm, I'm curious because I, I don't know your side of the perception here. How much does the abortion and, you know, acronym issues motivate you to get out and vote at least to oppose Republicans? Huge. I mean, that's a big issue. And when I started having a side eye, my party is when Roe got overturned and they didn't do anything about it. They talked about it a little bit. They was like, damn, that's messed up. The Roe got overturned. Not I can't believe you're about to make me defend Democrats. They, they did try. They, they tried to. They tried to codify that. This is, this is the, the classic level. tactic, now, though, Jeff. Is it's polar, polarity thinking. You know, take an extreme position, yeah. embarrass you by making you take the run. Now, go ahead, though. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was like, they did try. I mean, they did try, try. to pass something at the I'm national level. The now, they, they, now they knew that that wasn't going to pass. But exactly. I mean, Thank what you. else were they going to do? Republican House. It's spectacle. It's spectacle. And I'm tired of them talking to everybody like they dumb. There are some people who don't pay attention to politics and don't know how it works. But for a lot of us who knows how it works, I get that you tried, but you knew it was going to fail. So let's be for real. I wish people could see your like air quotes conniption. Yeah, right, right, right. The faces are great. The faces are awesome. Know. You know, I'll say this. There is a reason to speaking to Almani's point. There is a reason why Robert F. Kennedy is getting so much trash in right now. He doesn't have a chance of getting the nomination, yeah. but he's a he's not. But here's the thing. He's not just appealing to people on the left. He's appealing to people on the right, too. There are a lot of people on the right who are like, hey, I like this Kennedy. guy." I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? But he has some appeal there to both sides as far as like the, the regular working man, uh, the, 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 the populist front that, that we're seeing. I think if Biden were doing a better job, RFK probably wouldn't have even thrown his hat in the ring. So, Amani, are you are you excited that Brother Cornell West is throwing? I was going to ask that question. I want to know where Cornell West falls in all this. I mean, you want excitement, enthusiasm, passionate speeches. You about to get it by the truckload from Brother. I hope he makes it to the debate stage. He won't, but they're not going to have a debate. The party. He's not. There's no debate stage. Didn't you hear? There's no debates. There are no debates, and he's not running within the Democrat Party. So, what does that do for you? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. Y'all, they're going to kill me. Sorry, Democrats. Y'all going to kill me, but I got a lot to say because I've been holding this in. For the party <laughs> that claims to love and defend democracy so much, why y'all not allowing a primary? Oh. All right. Well, I won't defend them on that. See, Amani's been so anti-Democrat on, on this episode that even <laughs> I had to defend Democrats. And I'll never forgive you for making me do that. We're so sorry, Rakeem. I, I have no idea how I ended up. I mean, you know, I you know, what's, it's funny to me. I I guess I always feel this way. I am not for the passion candidate because they inevitably disappoint me. 
right? Because I don't really believe in mass politics quite that way, where we get all into a frenzy about a particular candidate. That's what gave us Trump. And Democrats have their own symptoms around that. And so I get the need to be excited and mobilized. But I think if you actually look at the record and say pound for pound, has it been a good administration for Democratic priorities? The answer is yes. For people like me who care about things like the child uh, child tax credit, and child poverty to go back it's to your gone now. It's, gone to it's gone yo totally totally is gone but that wasn't joe biden's fault that was joe manchin's fault right but it, we it, suddenly, and that's the thing but we suddenly were able to just let me just make this point we were suddenly able for the first time in my life to see that we could actually cut child poverty now we have all sorts of arguments about what the substance of child poverty is but just as a number Based on income, the federal government is capable of distributing enough resources to cut child poverty for black and brown youth around the country. That is a major demonstration, as far as I'm concerned, of the power of government. And that happened on Joe Biden's watch, and he should take credit for it. And he should have continued it. And that's the thing. Don't do things temporarily just to pad your success rates. If it was that serious, if you really wanted to keep that child tax credit in place, then you would have went stronger in these debt ceiling negotiations. Again, we all know the debt ceiling is not real. They were never going <laughs> to let the economy crash. That's never a real option. They pretend like they are. But we, but Imani, we got so close. It was so scary for a moment there. We thought it was all going to end. Oh, no. Stop it. You know Cut what it I think is interesting? Bo- both of you is. So so Amani is very clearly frustrated with her party um, and Rakeem, even though you're kind of defending Biden, you preface it with, I can't believe I have to defend this guy. (laughs) (laughs) And when I talk to my Democrat friends, it's kind of the same. You know, they're either angry at or they're, oh, God, I can't believe I have to take the side of these people like there's it's anti, you know, there's. I think that's a common feeling. Like, well, I would say for me, it's be in power and be so unhappy at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it just seems it just seems uneven. Back to the earlier point that like there's a desire for Joe Biden to be something we know he is not, but and we don't we problem. don't accept him for what he is. And it's like he is doing I don't great. Want to accept him? I don't want him. That's the thing. <laughs> there's this song that went viral on TikTok and it said, "You're really gonna make me vote for Joe Biden," and it was like a whole song that has millions of likes because we're not. Stop forcing us with these situations. Again, that's not democracy. Democracy is letting everybody choose who best represents them. You don't get to stick us with somebody and say, this is who you got. Vote. But it's, all right. Last point. On, last point on this for me, at least. But isn't this an intra-party argument then? Because we did do that with Joe Biden. People were excited about other candidates. And the majority mm-hmm. of our party said yep. Joe Biden should be the standard holder. Now, there's all sorts of problems with the primary system and influencers of one kind or another. Mm-hmm. But you're not really arguing with the party as a whole. You're actually arguing with folks like me who, when given the opportunity to choose, were just like, I'm going to go with what seems safe in the nuclear threat situation. Right. You're just like, but, you know, I want to see him wave the suitcase around his head and I feel better about him. So no, why, why not target, when you say the Democrats, why not target right your fellow citizen who's comfortable nominating the 80 year old who we think will do a solid job and has? But that's the thing. We know homeboy really had a little secret meeting was like, y'all need to drop out of this primary because this is our thing. Again, let's be real. Let's lay it on the table. Let's have real discussions. We didn't have a real choice. People were choosing and they were choosing Bernie. And then they said, oh, we don't like that. Mm -mm. That's not going to happen. And then we chose Joe Biden. So it's a DNC problem that has the issue. The DNC needs a makeover. And I think they need to lose before they realize that this needs to change.
you would like to be a part of the debate, email us. The debate at newsweek.com. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The parting shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.